Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, you want to just put uh, put together a, a quick little uh, recap recap chat today? Yeah, let's just we'll talk about what we're doing, what we've done, what's coming up. Kind of, yeah. we we kind of framed how we're going to try to do the rest of the summer here if if sports happen, if sports continue. So yeah, let's, let's yeah. kind of let's do a nice reset. June it's June twenty second reset. It's, it's it's officially summer. Uh, we True. had the solstice over the weekend. I had uh, I had a, a lot of fun. It was a very fun weekend. Um, capped off by the uh, the amazing run by Tis the Law Belmont Stakes and just 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 a glorious glorious race. I could not have been happier. Uh, the two horses that we had the most exposure were Tis by by order of magnitude, and then uh, uh, Doctor Post had <laughs> some Doctor Post too. So it was like that's that set up. So like to be a Doctor Post too. Yeah, and um, you bet any you bet any uh, Derby futures before we move on. Yeah, I mean, the, just they opened Doctor Post sixteen to one. I mean, that's wrong. Yeah, right. I like, completely he, agree with that. Good horse. I mean, it's just it's too much. It's one of those where I still I want Tis the Law to win the Derby. I would like that to be a no doubt eighteen length win. That'd be great. But uh, just well, what do you care about that? Being, you know. Oh, because we got, I mean, they did not let us get much down. But, but I Between just, you and me and a handful of our friends, I think we yeah. have a good amount down on this. Yeah, we. well, I just started doing the parlay math and couldn't come up with anything above like 25, 30 to 1. They were, someone was hanging tis the law to win the Triple Crown all three races at 50 to 1. Which was just again, like it's a very hard thing to do to win all three races, but just given the odds for the Belmont, like and the, the presumptive odds for the other two races, I just couldn't come up with some scenario where it, you know, unless like Nadal and Charlotte didn't come back, like from the like an underkeeper scene or Undertaker scene, <laughs> like Undertaker Jeff is back. I, yeah. I don't understand why that number was that way, and I wish I had. 20 my bookie accounts i guess just <laughs> <laughs> played a bunch on that but it would be so it'd be great to get the triple crown triple and crown of 50 to one that'll be a nice payday i'm with you on and it. i had that, some that, that thanks was, to that was the my, mill that was my uh, i think that was about my favorite bet of the whole spring to be oh, honest for sure. just because it's just it's such it's funny it's just a funny number and it's so wrong and when you looked across the full list it was so obvious that like it got hung in like probably march or or, or February and then no one ever even went back to even look at the prices or update anything. So that was uh, that was a joy to find that. Um, the uh, and yeah, our buddy Mill was way early on Tis the Law. That kind of gave me the confidence to get super super um, aggressive uh, in the Belmont futures market once we got word that Charlatan was going to be out, that uh, Nadal was going to be out. Actually, there was a lot. There was speculation for about a week that those two horses were not going to run, but it wasn't official. And uh, the fixed odds really just did not reflect that at all, and mm-hmm. that gave us quite an opportunity to uh, to make some money on this uh, Belmont Stakes, which was uh, a fun as hell race to watch. Um, it was a no doubter. Tiz ran beautifully. It was perfect, perfect run for him. But I got to tell you, man, uh, if that's uh, if that's a little bit tougher of a race for him, if it doesn't have the perfect trip, Doctor uh, Post was right in the mix. 
uh, if that's the typical Belmont length uh, and he has a little bit of trouble, I could see that would have been a very, very, very close matchup between those two horses. Dr. Post is legit. I'm fully on board with you. If you can find a stale number for him on the Kentucky Derby, go get it because he qualified. That was the qualifying run for him. And yeah, um, he is the points. type of horse. If you look at Dr. Post's work so far this year, he does not look like he's peaked yet. Whereas Tis the Law was very, very clearly on the Derby um, path, and they may have been trying to peak him this spring summer. So I can entirely see a scenario where we've seen the best of Tis the Law in his three year old season, and we have yet to see the best of Dr. Post. So uh, hopefully, uh, it will be a fun September. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you know, the, the Derby is in early September, which sucks. So I, it's like opening weekend of football, I think. I think it is, too. It's really it's close. Dar- or, darn, yeah. or darn close. It's the week before. The after, U.S. Perhaps. Open of tennis. U.S. Open of oh, golf. Oh, my God. And, oh, and Kentucky then the same Derby thing. You got the, like the Preakness in early, yeah. about a month, a month or five weeks later, the Preakness will be held in early October, which, again, just wild some of the scheduling that we have now for everything but it'll be i guess it'll be fun we might have to do three podcasts a, a week in the in the winter or yep. at least like the fall just be like uh, hey we'll, we did our we'll, football we'll stuff them, yeah we'll keep them shorter and we'll just do some for fun that sounds fun um well so what is there to bet on <laughs> now that it's summertime uh golf golf been fun. fun golf's been golf's been fun um Got to give a little shout out and a hat tip to our two of our recent guests, our two most recent guests. Both had yeah. the outright, right? Both James Cor- and correlation uh, or and causation. <laughs> I think we all know it's causation. Absolutely, they got the deep dive friend of the pine, a friend of the pod shine. Uh, that absolutely, that karma is real. Um, you come on a podcast and and help people and better understand this better and share your knowledge uh you get rewarded with the uh, golf outright winners so you stay and hot. it was you stay hot and it was funny too because uh webb simpson probably put up together one of the more disappointing performances the previous week at colonial um really just absolutely shaft to bed on thursday and uh kind of quit on course on friday uh and nonetheless uh our buddies james and Lockie both called it out that uh, the market overreacted to that one underperformance uh, and got some great numbers on him as he pretty much putted his way to victory on the back nine yesterday. Did you watch the uh, the whole Sunday showdown? Yeah, I had <clears throat> I had Hatton, so was you had a great number on Hatton too, though. That was a great bet by you. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't cash, but uh, and everybody knows this. Outrights are sexy, but head to heads pay the bills. Like I was, I want like Hatton winning would have been nice, but I put very small amounts on those outright. So the, just all my, all my full tournament head to heads. I mean, one or two, really two of them weren't really in peril on Sunday, even though everyone made the cut, but then Bubba came on strong and all of a sudden three out of the four are kind of possibly, in the balance, ended up winning all those. So I was just as happy, and it was I was happy for you know, James to continue the success he's having at outrights. Like he's got just a, a beautiful little staking method. I think I know some people who've adopted the exact same thing for other sports like tennis. So I like his stake. I maybe I just need to do that that way because half the time I think I just I start limiting myself on outrights, and I had a couple like I had three guys in the mix towards the end, and just maybe that's a case of the fact that there was like 20 guys in the mix at the end 
It was a good tournament. We've we've yeah. been blessed with two pretty good Sundays. Yeah, absolutely agree. Sure. I absolutely agree. Um, it seemed. I mean, is this true or or uh, am I am I reaching that you are in our outright market? You're just take throwing a couple of darts on some very high prices that you think are kind of just you know like like you're taking where where you see plus ev on some big numbers as opposed yeah. to really trying to corner a win yeah and i mean like you're trying to say it in a nice way i'm gonna go the other way and say like i think it's a blind spot for me pricing the top guys okay you know top guys that i have highly rated i'm having a little bit of trouble putting like a win percentage on them so I can convert it to my own price. Whereas some of the, some of the guys who are lower down at big prices, like I can just say like, it doesn't matter what I think here. The fact that they're this high in my, you know, just in my model, like there's no way it justifies being a hundred to one. Right. I don't even have to know that, you know, according to my numbers and what I believe I get, Without math, you can say there's an edge. Boy, I, I can get roasted for that one. <laughs> That's a bad way to say it. You know, just uh, not even anecdotally, but just you can see it. It's so far, so far gone on those odds, and I believe them to be better players than that. I mean, Got even it. if you just want to, if you want to just start comparing, you know, certain sites the way you, they'll have the the rank or the pricing for DFS too. That's a good way to. It's a good way to start looking at stuff. If you have some people pretty high in your model that don't have a very big price for DFS, like you're just going to know, uh, you know, I bet they're going to be about 125 to one and 66 to one, something like that. So I think I do need to just try to get better at uh, pricing those top guys. Cause they win too. It's not, not big dogs that win every week. They haven't won yet, but we'll get there. We'll get one of them this time. But I honestly, like, as you look across, I guess let's talk about the golf that we're seeing first and then maybe talk a little bit more about the market. I got a couple questions for you and just, you know, you could entirely say, I have no clue or no, you don't, I don't agree with that, but I'm just, uh, just trying to think this stuff through as it's happening live. Um, but kind of focusing on the golf itself, uh, is this too, because we are, you know, next week's an easy course too, right? Like we are just seeing players score with reckless abandon. And it feels like these super, super fire top heavy leaderboards uh, are unsustainable or that there may be something weird going on. Um, is it possible that these guys in the quarantine, you know, over the course of the pandemic, quarantine, whatever, that they sharpen their game? They're not wearing the, um, the fatigue of, you know, traveling on tour. Uh, and they can put together four rounds without really falling apart or everybody kind of worked on their weakness and therefore they're all playing great. Cause I, I don't know, I've been watching golf for a long time, not betting on it really as much, uh, especially outside of the majors, but these last two tour, you know, these last two tour events feel like almost scripted. Like they're just, the drama is so real. It's so incredible. How, like how close, you know, thin the margins are at the top here. Uh, do you think this is, somehow correlated or connected to um, the fact that these guys have had a couple months off. Yeah. It's weird because I talked about how bad I did in January when they get some time off. And I don't think some of them look that way over the coming off the holidays, but you know, it is a different kind of time off. It wasn't, 
hey, it's winter time. Like, I'm not going to play golf. I'm going to get fat. I'm going to eat a shitload for Christmas and just like, go, and <laughs> go skiing with the family. You know that's happening. For sure that's you know, happening. Yeah, it's a whole different type of, oh, you know, oh, Lordy, this, you know, especially some of the guys that are maybe not Rory Rich. You know, if you're making the tour and you're, you know, you'd been scuffling to get to the top level and keep your card and stay on the main tour events. Some of those guys don't have a crazy amount of money yet. You know, some of those guys, that had to be a big worry for them as far as, am I going to go get out there and try to earn some money here? Or, you know, what's going to go on? So if I was any of those guys, I'd have tried to stay sharp as hell just knowing like I kind of make up for some lost time or, you know, like Dustin, Rory, those guys, they don't have to, they don't have to worry about the cash. Like mm. they're fine. So mm. I, I, I thought maybe that I, it's hard to like quantify that angle, but I think there was a lot of people like that, that stayed sharp and some people that just took it as a, well, I guess I get another break. Oh, you saw some people come back a little rusty, especially with the putter, but then at the same time, I mean, just look at the scores the last two weeks. It's just incredible. Really, yeah really ball out yeah do you think there's just automatic value week in week out now on will there be a playoff yes ah, that's tough like i've never really run the numbers on that like even just even just going into this sunday it felt pretty strong but then all it takes is one guy lady eagle all of a sudden there's a little separation so it, it does seem to space itself out that's probably priced poorly to bet the yes i mean it was nice it hit two weeks ago for some people but it was like three to one and we we kind of felt that field was going to be bunched up as it was yeah um, right you know last week it, it, if you'd asked me to price it going into sunday that probably would have been fair because man everybody was just bunched up there how many people within three shots of the lead and again fun leaderboard fun rounds hatton went low then webb went lower couple guys were sneaking like Sergio and Neiman they were sneaking in there like it got exciting at the end yeah and, uh, it, it is a lot of fun betting golf and like I said it's funny because I had Hatton I had uh, a couple of that trying to think Fitzpatrick one other one that was near the top but I'm watching you know uh, Tony Finau and and Grace because they have a, like way more way more obviously staked and way more to win if I can just hit all these head to heads head to heads are right. important head to head those numbers are a lot easier to beat I think okay all okay. rights are super fun though I'm still gonna probably place little ones every week yeah I got it uh, the um, it feels like across the tour like just in general play is up i that's my thought my commentary it doesn't really translate to an edge obviously and that's not really making a, a very meaningful point because all you have to do is look at you know the leaderboard and the cuts and you know who's there um but it just in general the quote unquote the ball striking across the tour uh seems yeah. to be very very dialed in there was not a lot of players in trouble there was not a lot of um you know not a lot of scrambling i have a conspiracy <laughs> theory lay it on me well, it's it's uh the end it was the NBA kind of uh inspired this one. What if they just called everybody and be like, Hey, 
Like we need golf to really be good when it comes back. We're we not going to test really for, shine. We're not testing for anything. <laughs> you, yes, you heard me right, Mister Johnson. Anything. That's why he's so skinny. Um, but there's a couple of guys hitting the absolute piss rockets out of the ball. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously Current we saw form, one guy so, put on like okay. 40 pounds in a month. So we translate that, uh, we translate that commentary to turn up current form in your model, whatever the weighted factor is on that. You got to turn up, turn the knob a little bit. I don't, I don't usually take like driving distance into too much of a county, but now it's, it's like, man, you know, some of these these last two courses, they're supposed to be, ah, you know, you got to be accurate off the tee. Sometimes take the driver out of your hand, make the smart shot instead of going for the long one. And then these I guys tell you what, just, man. they hit it. I'm going to hit it over the trees. I'm not going to worry about staying between the trees. I'm just going to put it on the green in one on a par four or something stupid yeah. like that. You know, yeah. so I think some of, some of the narratives that we've had, they just kind of went out the window pretty quickly because a lot of bombers did pretty well. Like they were, it was easy to back some of them because the prices were kind of depressed. I think because of people wanting to fade, you know, a long hitter bomb and gouge guys. Sure. Look, what about though? Like, I, I honestly, that your your conspiracy theory holds plenty of water for me. Um, and I've always wondered. Like I've I've always wondered. Uh, I've always been of the mind that. Um, performance enhancing drugs would be massively helpful for golf. Um, because if you can hit it as far as everyone else, but you're using, you know, you're, you're using less body torque, you're, you know, you're, you're reducing your potential for hitting a wayward stroke, I would believe. And if you can hit the same distance iron with a nine that everyone else is hitting with the seven, your, pers- you know, your, your control, your, your, uh, shape of your shot, all that is a whole lot easier as you go down in iron. So I, I would have always assumed that it would be a meaningful factor. I'm not pointing fingers at any players here. Uh, but I do think that that holds some water. I guess question for you, there's been a couple of players that have truly emerged. Like they are popping like, like, and you have been on some of these guys before these, we even saw them play. Maybe that you can speak to what it was you liked about them, but, um, you know, top of the list, double a, Abe answer, um, really has emerged these last couple of weeks. Uh, he couldn't, uh, putt to save his life. Um, when he needed a putt, there was no answer. But the iron play from him and his approach and his, you know, his greens and regulation, all of that stuff was just out of this world. He seems to have made a true leap. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he's good. And I had some just killer memes if he won too. So that'd have been nice. But yeah, good scrambler. <laughs> save him. <sighs> yeah, I oh, to definitely gonna save him. Decent enough, yeah, decent enough to decent decent ball striker, like just he's almost there. There's a couple of these guys and we talked a little off air about this where some of these guys are tricky to back because I think they have longer tails as yeah. far as the, you know, the distribution of results where there's like some steady, you know, you have your steady Eddie guys and you have, you know, it doesn't matter. This guy's probably going to make the cut and not get on TV at all on Sunday. Just, you know, grinding out, grinding out checks in the tour. He's never going to blow up, but he's never going to be you know a top five guy. Some of these, some of these guys, like and answer, I think is one of them. Definitely Hovland, where I have trouble backing them a little bit because I think they have a wide variance, a big deviance factor. But yeah, I like him quite a bit. My shit likes him again this week. Like it's always one of. <laughs> yeah, 
Ah, interesting. Um, so yeah, putting, but putting's rough. Like he's lost. Yeah, a, a bunch. And yeah, honestly, this week, this week too is last week too. Oh, yeah. best, like, that was the distinguish that you know the best golfer that I saw out there was answer. And I thought he deserved to win. Um, I thought the putting, uh, hadn't maybe two B, uh, you know, two a, uh, Simpson two B just based on the way they played. Um, Hatton, I felt like his putter kind of lost steam, you know, right at the wrong time. It felt like, um, and Webb and Simpson's the exact opposite. Like his putter caught fire, at, like the perfect time. Um, but I felt like ball striking wise answer was amazing last week. I obviously Morikawa was just unbelievable with the, uh, with the iron, but in both cases, their, uh, their putters really let them down in the clutch. Is that, uh, an indication that in some way, shape or form, we need to take putting more seriously when we're handicapping this stuff? Yeah, we also, <laughs> that's such a, that's such like a hot button topic for when I talk golf with anybody, as far as like actually trying to predict putting, it sucks. It's it's like a two way thing here. We do need to weight putting heavily, more heavily, when you're trying to do any forward facing stuff. But it's impossible to predict. So there's that. So you've kind of got a conundrum. But isn't I mean, there a way though? Putting, it, putting, there there might be a workaround form. though. There might be a way. I mean, put, putting form is all right. We're gonna have to do a whole golf golf modeling podcast at some point, and I'll save some of these questions. I guess, or just you know, we'll throw them out there now. Maybe we'll dive into them in more depth at some point in time. But like, I almost feel like for an outright um, price, you would weigh putting more than a head to head. Does that make sense? Yeah, but at the same time, if you have a guy where it's his fatal flaw. I don't mind those either if the price is big enough. Okay. You know, great everything, great off the tee, great tee to green guy, ball striker, scrambles okay, you know, bogey avoidance up there, just can't putt. Constantly missing, you know, high birdie opportunities, but not not, uh, cashing on those, not getting strokes on the green that way. Those are the guys where – well, it's like uh, Matsuyama years ago. Like if if he got his putter going, it's like, oh, he's going to win this tournament, even if it's early on in the weekend. There are some guys like that. I don't mind if if I, you know, and there's some people that just, that's not going to happen. They're just not going to be a good putter. They don't have any instance of, like, letting letting it get hot. They just suck at putting. So <laughs> there is a, there's <laughs> a little a difference point. for there. When, yeah, when you get into the all rights, like, there is something to be said for this guy's – never worth backing, especially somewhere where it's going to be tough for him to, to get the putter going. Cause that's what he needs to get into the, get into the mix. Right. Right. Um, especially if we're talking about a current iteration of the tour where there's a, you know, there's such high quality play that it's going to be bunched at the top every week. I feel like the putter distinguishing your outright is going to be pretty important. I don't know. Uh, it has as sure as hell has been two weeks in a row. And I know that's stupid to look at two weeks and try to extrapolate a trend over the next like four, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's, it seemed meaningful at least. And, and especially given my prior where I kind of just was like, Oh no, you dismiss putting somebody, whoever gets hot, gets hot. You can't predict it. Forget about it. Right. I mean, that makes sense in terms of handicapping matchups, but uh, I'm starting to wonder if it's, it's not underweighted in the outright market, but We'll explore that another day. Um, what did you? Uh, what, what do you think overall of um, 
you know, kind of the top end of the market. Do you think the, that the players at the top are still getting overbet? And is this like, is this a totally different golf market because of the current circumstances where there's nothing else to bet on? And, uh, you know, and, and there's so much uncertainty and given the lack of data the last three months. I think the market's definitely different. You know, I haven't seen the numbers or had a report from anybody, but I'm sure if you went out there, you'd find something along the lines of the same things we saw with UFC and anything else. The, like what was what? Else? Oh, NASCAR, UFC and NASCAR. Just some of the reports that you're getting put out as far as the handle that they're taking on those, and uh, not only the handle, but like the pay per view numbers with UFC. You can just yeah, there's so many right. indicators that. You know, this sport would not have this sort of exposure, whether it's ratings or pay-per-view downloads or, in our case, gambling betting handle. Like, I'm sure the market is a little bit different just with the amount of public money coming in on golf right now. Yeah. I, I'm not smart enough, and I've not tracked it, and I don't have enough <laughs> backward-facing numbers to, like, show you that. Like, oh, man, yeah, these, these couple outrights, I think they should be, you know, opening in the 30s, and they're opening 25 or 20. Like I'm, I just don't have enough good enough grip on the outright market yet. But have you seen the have you seen the top of the um the top of the board get shorter every, both weeks so far? Or are they opening oh. them short and they're getting better and they're and they're kind of coming out? There's nobody. I, I guess depending. I'm I'm going to quote Chris numbers because I like them the best. But there's nobody under ten right now, which is good. I guess if they'd open. There's some pretty crappy numbers on like Rory to start. Um, I mean, it's going to be bunched up at the top always. There's always going to be like 10, 12 to one guys, even before, I guess I hadn't noticed if it'd be interesting to look at, uh, like you, you do with some of the handles where we take the, uh, the overlay or the over round. What do you want to call it? Yeah. Right. The, the total hold. The total, yeah, the total hold there, and see if it if uh, see if it changes throughout the week in a worse way, where just all the favorites get bet and they're not adding that to anyone. <laughs> like I think you know we were seeing that what was it NFL MVP markets in the season? Yeah, oh yeah, or even yeah, preseason that was, where it was going one way. Yeah, seventy well, yeah, percent hold, seventy percent hold in the morning, and look at it again at night, and it was eighty four. <laughs> I was like, what? yeah, well, happened? yeah, people people would like put them on, oh, a bunch that, of yeah. a bunch of money comes in on you know Tom Brady, they move him from five hundred to 400 and money comes in on Patrick. It goes from 400 to 300 and then they don't change anything else. Like if Nothing you don't make some yeah, of the long shots bigger, yeah, if it's not reallocated at all, the, the whole percentage is just going to get worse for you. So I wonder if that's not happening because they just said, you know, the people with money want, you know, once the limits are there, they've already bet like anything else we're going to take, is just wreck money and they're not going to notice. Mm, okay. So then, is it possible that the outright market doesn't really mean much at all as just, as you mentioned, and we've talked about now ad nauseum, like it's kind of for fun as more so than it is. You're trying to, you know, uh, really exercise your edge there. I, I still think there's people with edges, especially, okay. you know, and it's hot. It's tough because you can say like someone who models golf, well, you can model golf poorly, you know, there's going to be people that are just looking at the wrong numbers and their numbers suck. Maybe that's me because I haven't hit outrights. <laughs> like, like three ever. I mean, they're fun to hit. I'm not allocating a lot of funds, but maybe, maybe it's not a good market if you just want to like, oh, I just want fun and I'm going to put 
you know, a, a fair amount on one golfer. Like, I think that might be folly when you're looking at that much of old. But if you think you can actually and actively identify a bunch of guys that their numbers are probably off in your model and your numbers, like doing something like James does where he allocates a small amount to a bunch of different – and he staggers it. It's always – you know, if it's a longer odds guy, it goes a little shorter. I think he always tries to win six six units if he hits an outright minus everything else. So I think something like that is is something you can look at doing and not being too minus EV, if, especially if you're running numbers. Yeah, no, that but makes yeah, sense. For, for me, the outrights, I mean, it, it's it's tough. I I think you do need to spread it around like that a little just to cover a bunch of guys where it's like, yeah, the, these numbers are just a touch low. Yeah, really what I was getting at with this whole line of questioning is, uh, is the, are, you know, are at the sharpest book out there, the lowest hold out there, you could, you know, fill in the blank. Like, you know, if you take those implied, um, implied winning percentages, can you, uh, convert that to uh, pricing for matchups that you know that is consistent or inconsistent with the market matchup prices, right? Like, is there is that information? Is there signal in the outright uh, outright odds that you can then convolve into fair pricing for head to heads? I bet if you ran that exercise, it'd be pretty close to the prices they put out. Do you think they don't? Do they, you, they don't index together though, right? No, but it, it it's. I think it's going to be a, obviously a real inexact art, and that this you know a lot of these matchups. It's just oh, here's two guys who are both a hundred to one, and we made one like minus one twenty. You know, I, you know, oh, their their prices are both a hundred to one in the outright market, but one of them I'm getting you know plus one hundred five on. You know, it's hard to say. Oh, that's a big edge. You know, sure, no, that, I'm going to totally. bet that. Just be, totally. Because especially once you get further down into the really long shots, you're going to say, oh, this guy has a 0.05% chance of winning and this guy has a 0.06 and the prices are flip-flopped. You know, it, it's really hard outside of the top ones to even attempt to make signal out of those. I get what you're saying, though. It's interesting. It'd be more interesting to me if you did it, I think, with the live pricing. Because I think yeah, no that's going to be a though. little more that. Well, I think it'd be a little more off as yeah. far as they, they don't. A lot of these matchups, it's just based off that. Like yeah, these guys have similar odds. Have you or seen a book these, hang? Have you seen a book hang um, and take meaningful bets live? On. Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't mean like live, live, I guess. I misspoke. Uh, like in between inter- rounds, like round by round, round by round. Like, okay. Yeah, because, you know, like, and obviously there's going to be matchups. They're not all like that where they're both 100, but, you know, they'll take a top player and put it against a little lower tier and, and make you pay some juice. But I think it's usually probably pretty even ratio as far as the odds if you wanted to do the math. But once you get into the tournament, a lot of the matchups are just based with who they're golfing with. And, yeah. you know, the outright prices, I, I'd be interesting to take those outright prices, you know, when they put the new lines up for, you know, before round two starts and start comparing those, some of the matchups. Got it. I'm not sure. It'd be, um, it'd be, I think it might be a case of uh, maybe not finding anything, but it'd be interesting to see if there's like big discrepancies for a couple of guys. It might give you some signal on the outright. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, a couple of thoughts I had, I guess. Of then, broke talk my about brain the, with that one. 
<laughs> let's talk about the let's talk, well i the what i actually had a secondary question really about the live because there's been a couple of times this week where i was like man i'd love to get a live bet down but uh the options available at your standard uh standard yeah, on like screen was not <laughs> great um yeah, but like, that might have we said, say a lot of nice things about bet online but a couple and like oh, five man nine. they're live oh my god well, just, golf is uh, the, the live the live books that just flash on and off constantly maybe just yeah, don't even it's, have it like yeah the, it's not, you, it's not you're good. trying to click it and it goes gray Fuck, clicked it and it goes over this is locked this is suspended like why is this even on you can't use it it's unusable <laughs> right. yeah that's where you know and that's, yeah. that is the nice thing about golf at least it's slow enough where things aren't you know the odds aren't locking up like a you know a team sport yeah when you yeah. know when there's a big play or a possibility of a big play, things lock up, and that's annoying. With golf, we yeah. don't have that happen. All I that guess often. we'll throw that out to the listeners. If there's any listeners that have had uh, good experiences live betting golf, by all means, uh, drop me a note. Can uh, give somebody a, a positive shout. I'd love to know um, the uh, the matchup market uh, and uh, kind of kind of a going back to the corollary about the. Uh, uh, the matchups versus the outrights in terms of kind of pricing models. Uh, are they, they, I think they're unchained. I think like last week there was obviously a very distinct appetite in the betting market to fade John Rum, Right. And they, uh, they adjusted his, outright accordingly before i really even ever saw i didn't even see i i, I didn't see numbers that uh implied rom had you know the, the type of win percentage that you told me he did that Lockie thought he did like like for sure the outrights had been adjusted up and for him um but that kind of the interest in fading him i think carried over into the matchups for sure uh he was matched up against a bunch of different players i saw prices i lost the matchup mo- backing him you did? Which one was the one? He put one in the water on on Thursday. Like he oh, probably should have beat Morikawa. Oh, it was around like, one. Prob- it was around. Yeah, one? it's prob- oh. probably the only probably the only matchup he lost all weekend. And I because I like he lost a he lost a Bryson head to head. I know because I had Bryson in yeah. that one. Um, but overall, oh, full he, tournament. He had, yeah, yeah, full tournament. Overall, he did fairly. You know, he did better. He beat Rory, than, didn't he? He beat beat the beat the shit out of Roy. Roy with the Sunday slumping uh, might oh, yeah, be a right. thing. That might be a thing. Um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know two two uh, two tournaments doesn't again make a trend necessarily. The uh, the yeah, but I I guess I just saw like those prices shifted big time, right? Like and presumably there would be a connection between that and some of the outright markets. I would think. I don't know if I don't expect. I don't think they're chained though. Did you? Would you agree with that? No, there. It's it's like the, you know, a total gets bet up, a bunch. Like a, a football total gets hammered. You know, are you gonna go adjust both starting quarterbacks over under for yardage thrown or touchdowns thrown? You know, the, like it. It's connected, but at the same time. How much of a connection should you really, you know, should you really make between there as a better or as the guy setting the lines? Like that's super hard to answer. You know, obviously my NFL example is a little more unchained and uh, further, you know, degrees of separation than what you're describing. But at the same time, 
you know, and I described this a little off air too. I think there's a big difference between betting outrights and betting matchups. Because, you know, obviously an outright, you got to beat everybody. In matchup, you got to beat one guy. Some of those prices, it's just like, man, this guy, I don't really believe in him. I don't think he's all that great of a golfer, but he's fairly steady. I don't think he's going to have a huge blow up, and I really, really want to fade this other guy. Something (laughs) he's doing is, you know, sometimes sometimes you have to bet on someone you don't really love just because you hate the other guy so much. And, you know, I use hate in a – in a mathematical sense, you're so far, just, you're so off on the price, right? Like just, yeah, yeah. basically like y- you find a guy in your numbers and you're looking at him, and you, maybe you haven't found his matchup yet and you hit control F and you're just praying <laughs> like he's not matched up against somebody else that you're looking to fade that day. Like, man, even if it's just someone middle of the pack, I am going to take you. I choose you, Sep Straka. <laughs> you know, someone, someone guided me to a, a, a Sep Straka bet on Sunday. And, like, it felt I dumb that I missed know. it. Like, looked at it and like, oh, man, I, I have to take this guy now, don't I? But, yeah. No, yeah. So, so uh... then that's, that's what's tough about, like, you know, you can take a guy in matchups and say, I absolutely think he's going to beat this other guy because I, I want to fade this other guy so much. But at the same time, maybe his outright price is priced accordingly. You could do the math and figure out they're pretty closely linked. And I would want no part of it just because it's like, Oh, he's, he doesn't need to win the tournament to win this matchup. He doesn't even need to do anything. He just needs to not fall into the ocean. <laughs> so so it is hard to, to get, you know, he just needs to not get coronavirus. On yeah. Day he one. needs to not get with, <laughs> withdraw with coronavirus, which how tilting is that going to be? Someone's oh, going to lose. So oh, dude, speaking lose, of uh, speaking uh, of tilting, I had like a sympathy tilt. Uh, I was watching uh, Ford versus Ferrari. It just popped on HBO, and I was watching oh that last God. night. You Good seen tie. that? Well, you yeah. seen that? Uh, yeah. That what a bad it, beat. <laughs> what a bad beat. That was all I could think of. Like, obviously, you feel bad for the guy, especially given what happened afterwards. And sorry if I'm, you know, spoiler alert spoiler. here, but uh, but uh, yeah, I had like gambling pain, you know, pangs, bad beat feeling uh just seeing how that played out that was just that wasn't right <laughs> that wasn't right that's one of those where they uh they just you know the book takes it on the chin and everybody wins their bets and they use it as marketing promo probably um but yeah, anyway. that's where that's where i don't even know who like the actor is but i hated that guy so much <laughs> which like one the, like, the I, driver Christian Bale, Batman? No, 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 oh. no. Like, oh, uh, the guy. Oh, the guy, the executive from Ford. What a, what a villain! You're talking about the Ford guy, right? The executive from Ford. Yeah, I thought Lee Iacocca is the bigger guy. That's a yeah, yeah. yeah he was fine. He was. I, he I was can't. A fine I can't character. think of the. I can't think of the name of. Uh, it was uh, Leo, 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 Leo Beebe. Leo son Beebe. of a bitch! That, My God, like, I've never hated someone in a movie dude, so much as that guy. It, it was so funny because, like, you're exactly right. Like, it's tough to be that good of a villain and you don't kill someone or, or like, rape someone. Like, he, you know, he didn't really, like, have some masterful so, like, this uh, dissolved, like, evil in his heart. <laughs> he, was just, he was such it was a good, good film, film, though. It was Very a really good, good villain. Yeah, Josh Lucas played uh, Leo Beebe, and uh, he was one of the better villain turns that we've had in a while. Um, anyway, uh, the, uh, the golf matchups... Uh, um market uh interesting on a lot of levels i you know we we and all and of course you know, we should mention you know we're we're learning a lot more about you know price discovery 
in the way that this plays out. And I'm curious I if you gonna, have any I was thoughts. just going to say that. This feels like, like last year I was just goofing around and trying to place numbers on matchups mostly. And then this year, it's almost like with our NFL, like, hey, let's let's kind of actually follow the market and learn a little more about who's who's betting into it and why things are opening, when things open. Like it's 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 become pretty fun getting a little deeper into the golf this year. Yeah, and like I was going to bet regardless, but it's I think it's been fun because so many other people are betting into it just because they're dirty, filthy degenerates who need something to <laughs> gamble on so they can you know so they can feel something. But like th- that's been great. I love that everyone's kind of betting it because it's more people want to talk about it and it sparks up some good conversations. You know, just because somebody's not super versed in golf doesn't mean they can't bring up a good point. Like some people yeah. brought up some good points. I'm like, yeah, I have to think about that. Yeah. Well, the um, I guess I want to give uh, give credit where it's due. Spanky did a uh, an incredible podcast with the uh, operator of Bookmaker. Uh, and not one of the oh, lines, God, yeah. lines guys, one of the linesmen from bookmaker who was responsible for their live betting product, um, which I can't find on the current bookmaker page, by the way, I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, anyway, the, um, uh, the back and forth Chris they had, through a VPN from, oh, you, oh, you, oh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, bookmaker. And just for, you know, if you're relatively new to this um, bookmaker and Chris effectively, same shop. You, you agree with that? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, it's you know that two two different uh, skins, but uh, you know same same back end effectively, um, and uh, a lot of his insight was absolutely must listen if you're serious about this. Then um, you want to know how things you know how lines originate, how they're shaped, how the kind of the overall um, evolution of the marketplace and space has you know has you know, how it's evolved, how it's changed in the last five, 10 years. That is a hell of a podcast. Um, and he, you know, he gave away something that I had learned from independently. And I was kind of like, wow, that's how this works. Like no fucking shit. Uh, and you know, I, I know, and we know it translates for golf. Like basically, um, you know, they make their numbers and, you know, they have like a, a specific subset of, you know, betters who they'll, who they consider, their sharpest players who they give uh, relatively healthy first cracks at this before those numbers really ever see the light of day. Um, do you have any thoughts on sort of the bookmaker, Chris, uh, kind of still leading the marketplace in golf pricing? Have you seen lots of movement after we see openers from those places? Do you consistently check those lines, uh, recognizing that they reflect the most uh, efficient uh, price for any given matchup. Yeah, the last question is no. So, like that kind of oh. kills the first two. But like I said, we're digging more into this market, and I do have some screenshots this week. Scraped. Well, not by screenshots, I mean copy and paste it into Excel so I can compare easy. But I, yeah, I think definitely keeping an eye on some of those. Just be interesting to see which golfers are getting bet. And like I said, I was doing things more on, I need to take my model numbers and just see how it matches up against pricing right now. This is the time for me to bet. I, I like, I made a shocking confession to you. Like, I just got, <laughs> I got so busy. I get so, well, I just, I've gotten busy with things and like, yeah. it got to be Wednesday night. I'm like, man, I'm putting a golf cart together on a Wednesday night. I'm the, yeah, you were the Sunday, you, know, you were the Sunday morning NFL better. 
Yeah, I'm the asshole who's waiting in line to bet the NFL while Jay Glazer's giving the injury report. Knowing <laughs> I'm like, I have like 10 minutes to get these bets in. How am I going to get my round robin in? Oh. Um, so I'm like, God, like I'm embarrassed by that. And, I, and even now, like, it's, oh, 7, it's 7.15 on a Monday. And, like, it's I'm, nothing I'm probably, wrong about but I'm probably behind. It's not that you definitely were behind. I can promise you that. But again, based on how we do NFL, this isn't us. This isn't us. No, no, but yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with being at the end of the market cycle. You just better be fucking right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it works. I got all my, I got all my outright or my future. Your head's working good. Yeah. The, um, like, I don't even want to go look at, like, what if all those head to heads were like 15, 20 cents better? God forsake, 25, you have four head to heads that were like, that move 25 cents there's a whole unit <laughs> you know i really doubt i you know apparently well not only that i guess I you were doing it during the tournament too you i saw I you doing it it was like well I, you know hey oh shit it's uh it's oh i woke up they've already teed off, off. <laughs> yeah. 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 like three right. in the morning the east coast know, it's super, got earlier super or something early. super early yeah yeah, well, there's a lot another, of golfers, so they got to start early. And yeah, yeah there's they got to start early. So. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, that kind of cracked me up. So, but any did you take away any lessons though? Like, are you gonna start betting earlier in the cycle? Are you gonna, you know, be the guy that's hitting, you know, two fifty, five hundred dollar uh, openers and and shaping the market at uh, at some of our favorite shops or what? Someday, <laughs> like every time we, you know, I talk about that, it's like, man, I haven't even really been tracking these head to head prices at a market making book. Like, what am I really doing here? I just need to get more time to put some of the stuff into it. Like, at this point, I'm still very much a recreational golf better who has some ideas of who should be better than other players. But, at, at you know, at, I don't think I need to be hammering limits at open right now. Someday. Because I, I think there's a lot to be said about uh, just, oh, there's a million ways to manipulate all these numbers. Like mm-hmm. I think you could you could give a hundred handicappers the same sets of numbers and come up with very wildly different results on who the guy who you know who the best golfer was in that field in any given Sunday. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at that I we're already in the NFL. I, obviously, you know that probably goes without saying, but just I think there's so much to be done with these numbers once you start actually back testing and looking at this. And now I need to follow the markets and I need to figure out who's opening the very first lines and figure out just, you know, just like how we got to an NFL and how I know in college basketball, I kind of know when things are going to pop. And with golf, I'm just waiting and people in my golf chat to say, Hey, uh, head to heads are up. Like, Oh, good. I'll have to check those out. Like, thank you. Major, major disconnect really though, between the golf market and like the NFL market, which is, you know, a lot of times when we're, when you're betting into an NFL opener or even, you know, a slightly, a teeny tiny matured NFL number, um, you know, you're speculating on injury, you're speculating, you're speculating on weather. Like there's going to, more information is going to enter the system. Before you finally settle on a you know a kind of an efficient number, yeah. Would you? I mean, it, it's it's the same as it's same as the NFL. You just have to, you know, you have to weigh that risk. You know, there could be a game with a couple of important pieces. Questionable. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying that like there's a there's a like when a line moves later in the week in the NFL, like sometimes it's completely explainable, right? Like there's new yeah. information. Right, same in the NBA. Well, and players, you'll have that with you'll have that with golf too. The weather, you know, the why. weather changes, and 
the winds, you know, all of a sudden it's going to get a lot windier. Like there's going to okay. be guys that drop. You know, but once it, you know, it, once you know what time everyone's playing and what group they're in, you can make some pretty educated judgments about the wind, the weather, and the impact, right? I don't know, man. Have you ever seen the weather? Well, I have. Yeah, kinds you know, of actually, you know yeah, the, even at that on, point, at that point, you're still on like Tuesday. Like, you know, what's the difference? I'm guessing on the Sunday weather versus. On Monday versus Tuesday, I guess. If to, I guess here's the point. question for you, though. The question for you, though, is the is the weather matters in terms of if you're betting somebody who's teeing off Thursday morning versus teeing off Thursday afternoon, uh, right? Because presumably by people, the time they get to the there's cut, people that are better in the wind. You know, you will have oh, golfers okay, who okay, can play okay. better. Like if you okay. if you are going full tournament, there's guys that just straight up can't handle the wind. They can't, they don't play well. Their irons go to shit. Like they just can't judge it for some reason. I James probably has a good list of those guys, but you know, there are, and there are guys who can thrive in that too. Just don't let it get to them. So it's not like, you know, maybe not a great example because that's not like some huge angle. Like, Oh, we're playing our wind guys this week. But but, but for sure, you're right. And the injuries are way different. Like they're just not nearly the amount of injury worries and golf stuff. No, for sure. Worry, no. You know, nobody's nobody. Yeah, it's more physical. Right. Nobody's getting scratched. Nobody's coming. You know. Nobody's except Just for Jason Day. Down. Nobody's you know coming down with an injury. What um, what uh, but the, you know what do we see? I guess as the week went on with the four different rounds at uh, in Hilton Head, like Thursday, the difference between the morning guys and the afternoon guys was over a stroke, on average. Wasn't it even bigger on Friday? Yeah, and that's what's tough. Like you, you don't even get one shot at those. Sometimes, you know, Monday or on Thursdays, you can just take a bunch of those morning guys and play them to lead the first round, or play them in DFS lineups for one day stuff. But otherwise, a lot of the matchups are just going to be you're going to get a morning guy versus a morning guy and an afternoon guy versus an afternoon guy. So they take it, that variable off the table because they know they they do. There was I won't I won't say who it is just. I mean, you can DM me. They, there was a book that was doing some, some weirdness with that where if they had a head-to-head matchup for the full tournament, they automatically would throw a round one price on those two. So some, and sometimes you would get something where like, oh, this guy's first tee, this guy's teeing off in the afternoon but it was one round stuff and it's not always and i don't even i don't even know if we've had much of that this year i think they kind of cleaned that up because a lot of those were that was a decent angle so that, that might be very, gone variable yeah okay. like that that's something you can you can look for like I've, I've i've done that on matchups where i'll always check where i'll run the i'll, sc- I'll scrape the tee times and just give them am and pm variables and throw it on all my matchups to take a look just in case there's something weird happening but for the most part it, i think they try to take that out of there because it like Got you said it. it's exactly. a stroke if you gave everybody a stroke you just bet all the morning guys blindly if you could of course for yeah. sure come out on top <laughs> for sure uh which brings me to my last point you're selling strokes pretty aggressively whoa, whoa, no, whoa, whoa, I, whoa. we don't want we don't I want like that to it. get around <laughs> come uh, yeah you're selling zjs uh selling it's uh, strokes. selling strokes <laughs> the uh the sale of a stroke is 
either A, appropriately priced, B, priced in advantage of the book, or C, priced in advantage of the player on average? I think it's it's C on average. You know, it's hard to make blanket statements, but I think this is just turning out just like – you know, just like the NFL where we say, here's how bad it is to buy that point. And even with the VIG that you have to overcome the other way, you still, you know, if it's appropriate price, four or 5%, the fact that this is so overpriced to buy a point, a half point, selling it automatically becomes EV plus EV because of just how much they have to give away on the other end to just make the, the back end number match up to keep the hold somewhat in check. I think it's the same thing. Like they're, they're charging too much for you to buy strokes and like selling them will probably always work out. You know, just, it just takes, I mean, it's like 25 cents. So, you know, let's say, let's say, you, you know, you hit, I mean, you need four of them really. To make up for one that loses instead of pushing. I got to say the combinatorics of four rounds of golf and the paths of these players, as you, you pick any two random players and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming up with the same score, like the push probabilities on all of that are, they're way, way freaking Not worth paying 25 cents prices. for. <laughs> there you, is so usually, well, you know, the explore even in 18 holes, like the difference between, oh, uh, they might tie, like it's much more common, obviously, in 18 holes, the chances are higher, but the price is still quite a bit different. Like just paying 25 cents so you, in case you push or to, to buy the push if you need it, it's, I think it's too much without actually going back and going through a shitload of rounds and seeing how often that actually works. You'd need all the historic matchups, I think. And, that seems like a lot of work. I'm just going to sell strokes. <laughs> what, uh, Maybe somebody what, smarter can actually run some math. What's the most number of strokes I can sell? And is there a book that will let me kind of do a lot of that? I mean, not really. Yeah. No. There are will, some, anyone sell, will, that, will anyone let me sell more than one and a half strokes in general? There, like I, there variable, are some variable sliding scale. No, I, I don't really think so. I think even dimes just kind of limits you to they will let you I did find that out on some of these matchups. You know, he said like selling a stroke. If your guy's the underdog in a single round bet, he's gonna be plus a half stroke or the money line. In that case, I same thing. I'm buying the, or I'm selling the stroke. I'm gonna take the money line over you know, having that half stroke in my pocket. Boy, that got, got it's getting dirty in a hurry, but <laughs> <laughs> the uh you know they will at it was five times they will let you actually go a step further there's a in the drop down little menu you can say he's the underdog normally you get a half stroke do you want to lay a half stroke so you can sell a full stroke for mm. a single round for a single round bet you know that's oh wow that's pretty good that's, if, if you wanted to get into that you could you could really get some big dog prices but i mean outside that, of the um, weird outliers they had the you know they had the kim kim versus I can't remember who M versus Kim, maybe. Where it was Kim, like yeah, th- that's right. Yeah, where it was like a three and a half stroke handicap. You know, there'll yeah. be weird ones like that. Spo- spoiler alert: M did not catch that. <laughs> that was absolutely wild. I think we had a little back and forth there. You were talking to somebody else, and you were like, "Yeah, that should be like minus five hundred And somebody was like, "No, it should be minus nine hundred And yeah. uh, M M M lost outright. I think he, neither guy made the cut, but M didn't. Uh, I think M was two strokes back. 
um, which is crazy. Golf's um, tough. <laughs> yeah. But that brings me into a huge point, which is that if you're selling strokes, I remember one, I think for the full tournament, it's uh one. Yeah. The, it's even more like <sighs> one and a half over 17 or 72 holes. It's, I it's, don't think that's priced right. It's big, man. And if you could get one, yeah, if you could get, if you could lay minus one and a half, I think in general, that's plus CV. If you could lay minus two and a half, minus three and a half on the same matchups, I think that would be even more plus CV. Hopefully that may well, uh, somewhere at yeah. some point Maybe because, if anybody knows Maddie Medcalf down there at the Circa, that seems like something. <laughs> we'd like to sell two and a half, three and a half. I'd like you to strokes. offer alternate, not all the matchups, just pick a few out, you know, pick a few out, some marquee matchups, and set some alts. You set alts on NFL win totals, that'd be a lot of fun. Like you got, you know, Rory versus Rom. Do you want to lay three and a half strokes at plus 250? Yeah. And the reason <laughs> like, that, I, I the, that. The, the reason that laying those strokes is so valuable in my opinion, for the full tournament, is because there's an entire chunk of reality where your player makes the cut and the opposing player doesn't. And that happens, I don't know, say 15, 20% of the time, right? And in that case, your player wins by infinity strokes. Which is the most (laughs) you can win by. (laughs) Which is the most you can win by. So, like... you can't even really quantify that. It's such a sweet mathematically. Feeling it's the best feeling <laughs> when you're. It's oh, crazy. When, yeah, you can have a minus one and a half, and your guy, you know, he he's minus four. The the opponent's minus three, and the cut line's minus four, and you're only <laughs> up by a stroke after thirty six holes, but you automatically win a minus one and a half. Because then the next so can go out and shoot. You, you can yeah. go shoot like back to back eighties. He can finish. <laughs> he can finish like ten over. Doesn't matter. I love one. It. I'm you not, know this I, half happened. those you don't. Yeah. That's because no, it has happened because somebody's like, oh man, this guy's falling apart. And for a second, <laughs> my stomach drops. I'm like, well, I have him in a matchup. And I'm like, oh no, never mind. He already won. Like, do whatever you want. Fall off the face. I I don't. I, I wonder. I think they do have to finish the tournament. They have to finish the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No falling right. in the ocean. <laughs> Well, we, we got going on golf more than I thought we were going to. We just have, yeah, we're no, having it's fun. A, it is, yeah. it's, it's a very fun market. It's fun that a lot of people we interact with on the daily are getting into it. And it's, I don't think it needs to be as intimidating as some of these. Like, I, I think it's less intimidating than NASCAR or UFC, honestly. Oh, by a lot. Because, yeah, for sure. Because a lot, a lot more people just, it's something they do. Not a lot yeah. of people drive cars 200 miles an hour or fist fight for fun. I know a guy, I guess, but same guy, two things. Well, we'll do another one of these golf where we get a little more serious. Yeah, look, we'll we'll some get somebody in who, about, yeah, somebody who can, we can answer, golf, yeah. ask questions too. Cause yeah, someone if you're who's asking got a me all these questions, refined. man. Well, I'm I not don't. trying to put you on the spot. I'm just, I'm just, oh, no, don't worry food about for it. Thought. Just, this is all food for thought because I'm, I am a very, I was, I've been a casual observer of this marketplace. I haven't been putting much skin in the game when it comes to this, but I got to tell you, man, it's happening. This is golf. Golf is going on. And the enjoyment that I got sitting down watching, uh, you know, the final round on Sunday was real. It was, it was great. It was beautiful. Uh, and, uh, I would like to do more of this this summer. Presumably they have their ducks in order in terms of how they're operating this tour and everybody's taking careful precautions and they're going to keep doing these events. But, uh, it's got my, it's got my uh, my curiosity peaked for sure, and uh, you're actually betting these markets. You have some insight; it's valuable, so I appreciate it. 
it has been fun to have it back because like we said, UFC is fun. I know some guys to tell NASCAR is fun. Kelly, you know, I'm going to play his back, his head to heads. The rain would ever stop raining, man. Yeah. This is, you know, this is a sport that I've actually done a little bit of handicapping and I feel like I can, you know, just actively participate in. So that's been a lot of fun to have that back. Yep. You're going to get yours back soon. Can we go well, to we'll Orlando for bubble ball? I, I am. I, I'm 50 I will 50 not, on that. I am not commenting on that until they are on the court, as I am very nervous that this deck goes up in smoke. Yeah. Not to be a Debbie Downer to end the pod, but uh, yeah, smoke, no. It's funny too because they're not going to test them for drugs. <laughs> they're not. That's true. Um, yeah. So. We got, I mean, any, any bigger golf coming up or just more of these, um, you know, kind of these, what would you call these even just, Oh man, dude, <laughs> like again, you know, I, I joked about you kind of putting me on the spot and, and I, I think that was fun. We kind of talked out some angles that I have to think about too now. Like it, it really, it's always, Oh, I don't know what the word is for it. Enlightening, just having these conversations because, it spurs more questions and answers. And I think it's stuff we can work on off the air. Cause there's a lot, you know, a lot more to this market than either of us has been looking at, but the same thing goes with the uh, schedule there, Drew. I have no idea. I couldn't even tell you what the tournament <laughs> next week is. I'm taking it. I'm taking it as it goes. Like I said, my, my golf chat guys, shout out to the golf chat guys. That's, you know, they're, they're keeping, they're keeping me up on that. Got Cause, it. Well, cause the schedule's all goofy. It's supposed to be like, it was supposed to be us open last week. And, like the travelers normally comes after or last year it was after pebble. So they're coming from a different tournament. I was looking at some 2019 previews for this tournament. Like it just, everything's so screwed up. I have no idea where they're playing. Workday charity open three Work day open. charity open uh, next, uh, next week in uh, Ohio. Actually, no, I'm sorry. They take, Ugh. uh, they, they go into Michigan for the rocket mortgage classic. Uh, July. 4th. Oh, that's a good one. Then to Minnesota. Are we doing three M this year? They're doing 3M July 26th. Oh, buddy. Maybe I'll get tickets so, if they let people go to yeah. golf. We're actually uh, we're, we're going from Connecticut to Michigan to Ohio, staying in Ohio, and then uh, heading to Minnesota. I like it. So, All right. We'll do, some, we'll do some football later this week and probably maybe get deeper into modeling with somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about next week. And that'll be a ton of fun. And yeah, every week, probably some football because it's coming right up on us. Eventually yep, here, right. I think I, like last year, I just did a backwards count from when the season starts and started figuring out when we had to start doing previews for each division, probably like mid July. So maybe a month or so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, although for sure, we're going to take, take a little week off and, uh, and touch on the PGA championship, which is in oh, yeah, early right. August. Less, it's like a month and change away. Uh, they're playing at Harding Park in San Francisco, California. Nice little uh, West Coast, super late uh, sunshine. It'll that, that'll be prime, some primetime golf Freezing for our friends cold. on the East Coast. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, best of luck as you learn more about this market, and let's uh, touch base and uh, do another golf pod with uh, some specific model-based questions for someone next week. Sound good? Word up. Sounds good. Talk to you. All right. Bye-bye.